Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Demon Land Podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me again tonight, Grape Viney. Good evening. How are you? I'm well, Andy. Thank you very much, and good evening to all the Demon Landers out there. Yes, uh, isn't it nice to be back on the winning, winning list? Um, I know I certainly feel a lot better after a win than I do after a loss. Uh, I'm sure you're the same, uh, Grape Viney. The constipation is over. Uh, they <laughs> took some sort of laxative at halftime against the Bombers and then there was a flood of goals in the third quarter. So uh, it was good to see uh, uh, good to see that sort of happen. Um, uh, we sort of got freed up. So um, it was nice to have a seven-goal quarter, I think, of what's... Yeah, um, you know, it's it. it I, I love it when we have one of those quarters. It's 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 fantastic. It's a fantastic feeling, and I think grapevining. I think we're still having that issue we were having uh, a moment ago. Um, grapevining's connection seems to be dropping in and out. Uh, we're not sure what's causing it, uh, so just uh, bear with us. Uh, hopefully, it does improve. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, we're back. We were back at Etihad, which, um, you know, in the past has always caused us a little bit of trouble, but it's our fortress. And I, I believe, I think we're, we play a little, we're a bit better suited at the moment, I think, uh, to Etihad. Um, it, do you see, is that the same, are you thinking the same thing or, you know, can, can we uh, play like that at the G? Well, we're not at the moment. Um, I don't think it's a big deal just yet. Uh, we have played some good footy at the G, but uh, it's true that we play Eddie had really well, uh, you know, which is um, funny given how long uh, how long we went without a win there. So, um, yeah, is it the fact that it's sort of a, uh, it's identical conditions every time because you've got the roof closed there, so you're not exposed to the elements really at all. So... Um, well, there yeah, is. The, the, is it the ground dimensions? I, I don't know. Well, that's that's the feeling that uh, a lot of people seem to have is perhaps the ground dimensions being a little bit smaller uh, suit uh, the style of play that we're playing at the moment. But yeah, look, um, there's still a lot of footy to go. I, I think we've only got two other games at Eddie Had. Finals aren't going to take place at Eddie Had, so. Uh, you know, we've got to get used to the G. You know, we, we're not an Eddie Had stadium team. So, um, you know, we do have to play there a couple of times, but that's not our hunting ground. And, you know, we have to learn to play the, play the G. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So tonight we are going to be joined shortly by a very special guest. We've got uh, Mitch Hannon coming on uh, in just a few moments. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Um, I might get Grapeviney to uh, restart his phone and see if that solves the issues that we're having at the moment. Um, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back in a few moments with uh, Mitch Hannon. Garlett jumps in. Still a chance. Neil Bullen smothered this time. Hannon. First game, 23 years of age. Welcome to the big time. Punch from 3D by the... Got it down to ground. Hannon. Unbelievable pick up and the run through a guy playing his first game. And that's his second goal. Back to full forward. McDonald looks well placed. Got there with Hogan. Skirting the pack was handed. And he gets it together and puts it through. And there's more high fives for the D's. 
Well, our guest tonight uh, burst onto the AFL scene in round one of last year, kicking two goals on debut, winning a Mark of the Year nomination in round 10 and finishing with 22 goals for the season, playing at half forward. Uh, he's won a VFL premiership with the Bulldogs before joining the D's and uh, was a vital cog in Sunday's win over the Bombers. Uh, welcome to the Demonland podcast, Mitch Hannon. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, Mitch. Um, first things first, uh, you know, it's great for the club to get back on the winning list uh, on Sunday. And from a personal perspective, uh, you arguably played your best game for the club with a career-high 18 disposals, uh, three goals and some ferocious tackling. Um, you can't ask much more than that, can you? <laughs> That's right, yeah. No, I was... I was quite happy um, with my performance, but like you said, it was good um, as well for the team to get back on the winners list. I think um, after a couple of probably disappointing loss, um, it was good to sort of show some of the things we've been working on um, throughout the week, and it came out on the weekend with that with a good victory. It certainly did. Um, the the composition the competition for spots uh, in your part of the ground is pretty hot. Now we've got Jake Milksham, Bailey Fritch, Jeff Garland, and now Charlie Spargo. Um, they've all shown their wares since uh, the start of the season. Uh, you found yourself back at Casey a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that competition must keep you on your toes. Yeah, it definitely does. Um, it's something that probably wasn't there last year, obviously with the inclusions of Spargo and Fritch. So um, it definitely keeps us on our toes to sort of fight for positions. But um, it's probably a healthy thing to have. It keeps everyone an onus on everyone to sort of perform um, on a weekly basis to, to make sure the team's performing. So, But I'm just glad to be back in there at the moment. So, Well, you certainly know where the goals are. And, um, you know, we've, we've known about that since you made um, your debut. Uh, what else do the coaches want from you? Uh, is it more involvement in the game, more disposals, or greater pressure and defensive efforts uh, uh, when the ball comes to the ground inside 50? Or, or is it sort of a combination of all of those things? Yeah, it's probably a, a combination of all those things. Um, a half-forward role, it's a, it's a weird one. You're not necessarily always the, um, the main target up forward, but you're left to sort of um, pick up the crumbs. So there's a lot of things uh, that don't necessarily go down on the stat sheet, which are seen as quite vital uh, for a half-forward role. So like you said, those pressure acts, um, tackles, which obviously get counted, um, spoils, chase-downs, um, and just sort of keeping the ball in the forward half to sort of give us a sort of a repeat look at goals. So for me personally, um, I like to say I, I can sort of compete tall and small. So I just whenever the ball's in the air, I've got to fly for it. And if it's on the ground, um, try and get those sort of crumbing goals. So if I can get a, a sort of a good mix of those sort of things, doesn't necessarily have to be high disposals, um, but a good presence and pressure um, down in the forward line, that's probably going to help me sort of hold my spot. Well, that one of the tackles that you laid on the weekend was just uh, it was ferocious. Uh, it, it was it was fantastic. Do you do you recall the one that I'm talking about? I think it was on McNeese. <laughs> I do. Um, yeah, that was against. I think it was against Bagley. Is that right? I, I, I thought it was McNeese. That's what the commentator said, but uh, I'm not sure. I think it was n- number twelve. <laughs> but it was a fantastic tackle, anyway. Yeah, it is. It's it's something we work on. Um, we have been working on over the preseason um, down at the Demons. So, with um, uh, some extra tackling um, and and craft around the, t- the technique around it, was good to sort of put that on show on the weekend and, and sort of be able to stick a few. So, <laughs> but like I said, as a half forward, that, that's probably um, one of our main roles is to sort of put that pressure on. So, to to see that sort of come out was um, was pleasing for me. 
Um, t- tell us a little bit about Charlie Spargo because he looked very comfortable out there on Sunday and, and seemed to slot, you know, really well into that uh, into the forward line. Yeah, he did. He's um he's a ripping fellow, Charlie. So it's for one, it's good to have him in the team just for his personality because he's a naturally sort of upbeat young fella. But um he's he sort of came in the year probably not putting too much expectations on himself, just thinking he'd have a development year. But he's um he's probably a little bit further down the track than he thought. He's um he's pretty 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 solidly built and um pretty quick. But mainly, I reckon he makes some really good decisions. So, as you saw on the weekend, he was at the feet of a couple of drop of balls and and managed to kick himself a couple of goals and, and hold his own against some some bigger bodies. So, I'm sure that um, even though he will continue to develop, he's um, he would have gained a lot of confidence out of that game, knowing that he can he can match it with AFL players. Yeah, um, and Bailey Fritch, uh, he's been the other surprise packet this season, although for those of us who have seen him at Casey, we're not surprised at all. Um, there's, <laughs> they've said all along, people have said all along that uh, he's naturally gifted with beautiful skills and he's certainly shown that in the games that he's played to date. He absolutely has. He's, um, everyone knows it, I reckon, down at Demons. He's, he's absolute pure silk, Bailey Fritch. He's, um, his kicking just looks looks like it comes so naturally to him and... Um, he is. He's just highly talented. So it's good to see him sort of follow a similar, similar pathway to myself through the VFL um, and then all of a sudden to get his opportunity so early in the year. So yeah, he's definitely someone that I think a lot of the guys like having down in the forward line um, purely just with his class and his ability to take um, good marks and, and over the top of a lot of people that are sort of a lot a lot sizier than him. But that's something that will come. It came for me as well, being a little bit undersized uh, in your first year. But um I'm sure he'll grow and, and put on a bit of weight and he'll be a good player for, for us at Melbourne. How important is the flexibility and versatility of the forward line? Because you, Bailey and Christian Petraka are all very capable in the air despite not being sort of that big-bodied key position players. Yeah, you're right. It's um, it's definitely very important, um, especially when we've got the likes of, of Hogan, uh, Wiedemann and Tom McDonald um, flying for marks it's probably important that we're um we're wary of what's around us and, and who's flying at the ball because myself and bailey and, and christian can all play uh small forward so it's probably important we're not all flying for the same mark and, and that sort of comes around um creating a bit of chemistry knowing your knowing your teammates and understanding what's happening in a game to sort of be able to um understand what the right thing for us to do is as hybrid sort of half forwards, whether to go go in the air or go on the ground. And I think that's something that's it's been slowly improving um, ever since myself, Bailey, and, and the likes of Christian and Spargo um, have come into the, a similar forward line. Um, do you personally, do you want to spend uh, time through the middle of the ground or are you happy with the half forward um, and around the goals? Uh, I think my time at Footscray, I spent... Uh, primarily as a half forward so I'd say over the last four years uh, my role has been as a half forward which is probably more of what I've been known to do but personally I'd love to get up into the midfield um, it's, it's probably a little bit hard at the moment with, <laughs> yeah. with, with some um, some big names in there of, of Clayton and, and Christian's moving in there now um, Petractor and, and obviously Jones still and the likes of a few others but I'm um I'd love to get through through the midfield. It doesn't have to be a permanent role for me, but I'm happy to do a bit of um, pinch hitting and, and sort of provide a bit of energy and spark in the middle and then also be able to sort of float back down towards half forward and play what probably comes a little bit more natural to me. 
So we spoke about your marking ability, but the other trick up your sleeve is an incredible capacity uh, to get the boot to ball very quickly around the goals. Is is that something you've always had, or is that that's just a natural ability? Or uh, it's probably something that that's just it's come natural for me. I know, um, uh, like coming into into AFL games, one of the things I was most nervous about was um, the fast pace and the intensity of it. Um, so I probably just wanted to get ball to boot initially as quick as possible, so I wasn't going to get tackled. <laughs> but, but um, like like you've seen, it's probably carried out through my game. If the opportunity is there, which for a small forward um, can sometimes be limited, um, you're not always necessarily leading up the ball and, and taking a mark, going back and having a set shot. So when you get those opportunities uh, around goal, to sort of to kick a little quick snap out of a pack. Um, I don't know, I guess it just comes natural to me. It's a, it's a split-second decision to sort of understand where the goals are, get the ball to boot, and then hopefully see it sail through. <laughs> well, you, you had to get your um, your boot to ball very quickly when you were gifted um, a punch from um, uh, Joe Danaher the other day. Um, that sort of came unexpected, and you uh, didn't have much room between you and the goal line and getting your foot to the ball, and uh, you did that beautifully. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> So um, you've played 14 games for the Bulldogs in the VFL, including a premiership against Casey in 2016. And prior to that, you won a flag with St. Bernard's in the uh, VFA uh, before being drafted by the Ds. So can you tell us a little bit about that transition from amateur footy uh, into the VFL and then from the VFL into the AFL? Because you did the, you took that leap pretty quickly. And, uh, I mean, how's it, how they sort those those they differ from each other, you know, in intensity. Yeah, um, you're right. It, it happened all quite quickly for me, the, the transition through from VAFA, which I, I guess you could say was sort of local football through the, the VFL and then, and then now into the AFL. But um, for me, I was I was playing uh, under-19s um, in the VAFA and then quickly found myself sort of playing senior football. And I think initially the reasoning behind that was I was, I was quite a late developer. I... Um, I didn't really grow uh, until I was about 18, 19. And then, as you know, when you grow, you sort of string out a little bit. So from there, I still had to put a bit of weight on and get used to sort of my size. So um, when I was coming through the junior ranks, uh, I missed out on probably a lot of sort of tack-up footy or that normal pathway pathway that your average AFL footballer probably finds himself in. So I was I was left sort of playing um, yeah, senior football with, with St. Bernard's and, and was given an opportunity to to play in the half-forward line as an under-19 and then eventually found myself in the midfield and, and started to play some good footy. Um, and I think just being in that sort of system was lucky for me that I was I found myself with the right contacts to get down to a VFL club in Footscray. And then, likewise, opportunity comes through an AFL list uh, that might be depleted with some injury and, and you get a go as a 23rd man or whatever it is. But it, ha- it all happened pretty quick for me. I was, um, I was playing St. Bernard's and then... Before I knew it, I was playing Footscray. Played four games in my first year um, and suffered some small injuries along the way. But the pace probably of the game from VAFA level to VFL to AFL has probably grown on me as my body's grown. I think I've got used to it as it's come. Um, so initially I found VFL quite quite hard to, to deal with. And then uh, as I got used to it and my body got bigger and stronger, um, I kept up with the pace of the game, and I think that that also happened in terms of AFL last year for me as well. So um, you were overlooked um, for TAC Cup because you, and you, as you spoke before, you were a late bloomer. You were deemed to be too small. Um, 
and then I see that you've listed as being 189 centimetres on the club's website. Um, and I also read somewhere that you grew, was it 14 centimetres or something after yeah. under 18? <laughs> it was something outrageous like that. I think it was, I think I was just 18 and um, sort of struggling to, to crack into the, for me it was the colder cannons. Um, and then, yeah, I think it was within about um, 12 to 18 months, it was about 14 centimetres, uh, <laughs> which is which is quite a lot to deal with. You get a little bit of growing pains and, and um your body weight doesn't change much until you begin to fill out. So you're right. It was um, it was something that sort of happened quite rapidly and probably long term um, has helped me sort of um, adapt to some of the footy that I'm playing now. But yeah, at 189, I'm I'm pretty happy with the height I ended up with. I was getting worried there for a while. <laughs> um, what was your thinking at that stage? Uh, like when you didn't make tack up, uh, did you think that an AFL career might have bypassed you, or did it just make you more determined to uh, try and get a spot on the list through other avenues? Yeah, I think some of those thoughts are pretty natural. I was a little bit um, quite flat at the idea of not making a list. Um, I was told by Calder Cannons that I wasn't going to be a part of the squad and. Where I was living at the time, I was also eligible to go down to the the, the Bendigo Pioneers and try out there, and I got the same sort of feedback um, and didn't make the list. So yeah, I did. I went back to to local football and and just really wanted to enjoy it for what it was uh, for a little while. So the desire probably got lost a little bit, um, and and I went back to a point where I wanted to just have fun. But as soon as as um, I started growing and playing some good footy you definitely start to begin to, to think that playing at the highest level um, would become a dream again. So you also you also played some of your junior footy with fellow demon Pat McKenna. Um, can you tell us a bit about him and where he's at? Because he seems to have just had an absolute horror run with injuries um, over the last two years. Yeah, he really has. Pat is a, he's a great man. He's probably one of my good friends down at the club. And he has. He's had, um, he's had a tough time with injury. Um, but I've known him for, for years now as a... As a local sort of Gisborne boy, he's a couple of years younger than me, or maybe a year younger than me. Um, but funnily enough, we played a bit of footy together back in the day because he was um, he was quite the gun and forced to sort of play upper level a couple of games every Saturday morning. So, um, and I played with his brother as well uh, at the time. So he was always definitely a gifted footballer and and cricketer, as you may know. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I've known I've known Pat for a while, and. Um, yeah, his time at Melbourne has definitely been a bit of a treacherous run for him. He's, um, I think he's definitely got a lot of talent and skill to sort of still provide, but hasn't been able to put it on show due to his hamstring. But uh, I think he's tracking quite well at the moment, which is which is good. Um, he's had setback after setback, which is um, very disappointing for him because it was a, initially just a hamstring that needed um, some surgery that was 8 to 12 weeks or something like that, and then it's just really prolonged out to a sort of 12, 14-month injury for him. So... I hope for him uh, that he's able to get back and, and play some. I'm sure it'll be probably through the VFL at the midpoint of the year, um, and then be able to string some games together to sort of show off the the skill that that I know he has. Yeah, let's uh, fingers crossed for him. Um, we read last week that um, Jake Lever has quit social media as it was negatively impacting him mentally. Um, a are you on Twitter and social media channels and what are your thoughts on, on this issue? Because some so-called fans can, you know, can be absolutely devastating in their criticism and they, and some people, uh, and it's a small percentage of them seem to have no qualms in making it personal. Um, mm. It's an interesting one. 
I didn't know Jake had done, gone and done that, that's, but that's probably um, probably for the best, I'd, I'd reckon. Um, I personally, I have a Twitter account, but I actually, well, I don't think you can delete Twitter, but I, I deleted <laughs> the app uh, probably about six to 12 months ago, um, purely because I wasn't really <laughs> using it enough <laughs> yeah. and got little interest out of it. Um, but I, I'm, I'm on the other platforms and, and I'm, um, I'm following football pages and, and stuff like that. But I think... I think you're right. Uh, footballers' mind frame is is to sort of uh, trust what you're hearing from the coaches um, and, and trust your teammates and and try to sort of um, keep the information that you think about how you're playing within the four walls of the football club. And that, a lot of that external noise can um, can definitely sort of cloud someone's thoughts and and definitely impact the way that they're playing. And you're right; those things that you you see and read and on social media can be quite personal and, and negative, especially after a bad loss. So I think it's probably for the best for the wider football community to probably avoid those reading those kind of comments. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I just, you know, these days, you know, it's easy for you, you to sort of stay away from perhaps websites or fan sites and stuff like that. But with social media where you're, you're also using it to keep in touch with friends and, and that type of thing, to to you know in this day and age people now can direct message you um and it's you know it, it's it's given you know sort of celebrities and sports people uh, or you know fans direct access to celebrities and sports people and you know it can be used in, for good but you know it can also negatively impact people and yeah it's probably a smart decision to uh sort of stay away from reading that stuff um i read that um that you're an architect or were working for an architect is is um or you were is is that something you want to do after footy yeah it um it was also i was doing a course i, I finished a course in architectural drafting so yep. um sort of technically i'm i'm seen as a, as a draftsman and i was yep. working in a firm um, in the city for 10 months um, up until the point where i got drafted so yeah that was something i was definitely i was loving and enjoying um but to be honest, the, the sort of the, the tedious life of sort of sitting behind a computer was probably <laughs> uh, not for me, which I found myself doing a lot. So football definitely came at the right time for me. Um, I, I do enjoy um, architecture and, and design, um, but I think I'm, in terms of a post-football career, I'll be looking for something in a similar field in terms of uh, construction, design and, and property. Uh, I'm just sort of looking for that at the moment. So I'm, I'm doing a, a bunch of work experience um, with some contacts through the club in some property investment um, and, and project management type sort of roles. So um, for me, I'll be sort of putting the feelers out and, and seeing what kind of suits me. And then hopefully, whilst I'm still at Melbourne, I'll be able to do a form, some form of study to, um, to sort of lead into something post-football. Nice. Well, if any of our listeners want to uh, help Mitch out, uh, <laughs> um, Mitch, I just want to thank you uh, for your time tonight. Uh, very generous of you to to give us your your time, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we look forward uh, to the rest of the year, and uh, hopefully, we see a lot more of you and a lot more wins on the board. Yeah, exactly right. All the best for us. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mitch. I really appreciate it. No worries, Eddie. Thanks very much for having me. Not a problem. Thank you. Cheers. Well, that was uh, Mitch uh, Hannon. Um, very uh, appreciative of uh, Mitch and the club for uh, allowing him to come on to the Demonland podcast tonight. Uh, we decided to just prior to the interview to uh, dump Grapeviney because uh, 
his connection kept dropping out. I might try to get him back on the horn now and see if um, if that situation has improved. Um, if you would like to call the show, um, you can call zero three nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Or you can Skype me on Demonland thirty one. Um, yeah, we might need you on as a co-host if I can't get uh, Grape Viney uh, on a decent connection. So um, not sure whether it's him or me. I'll suspect that it's him, but uh, he might disagree. Uh, so I'll try and get him back on now. Um, yeah, well, we do want Great Barney to come back because I'd love to talk about uh, the win uh, last week and failing him not coming on and not getting any calls. Well, we we'll, um, might leave it there. But Great Viney, are you back? And uh, are we dropping out every I second? I think I'm word? back. I well, hope I'm back. Well, I can hear you, but can you hear me is the question. Uh, yes, I can for the moment. All right. Well, let's uh, let's continue on. And if we have to cut the show short, we'll cut it short and just leave it at a fantastic interview uh, with Mitch Hannon. Uh, Great, Viney, were you able to uh, listen to the interview? Yep. Softly spoken. Uh, he was, Mitch. Mild-mannered, um, I would but, call it. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. But as you said, he... Um, a few ferocious tackles on the weekend, so that would have impressed the coach, no doubt. Yeah, I just, I love it. Um, I, I, so he's no, he's got a bit of bite when he gets on the field. So good to see. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I love, uh, I love seeing a small forward uh, being ferocious, and I think uh, you know, seeing more of that from him would be great. And uh, even uh, Charlie Spargo this week uh, showed that he's, uh, you know, he can pick up possessions and also be ferocious and uh, and attack, attack the footy and the man. And, um, yeah, it's a, a good thing to have um, that. Um, Drunken167 mentioned in the chat room that he's getting dropouts. Are you getting dropouts when I'm talking or is it just uh, Great Viney? Uh, I just want to sort of ascertain whether it's my connection. No, no, no. I was hearing dropouts. I was hearing dropouts during the interview. Oh, so it's got to be my connection. All right, what I might do is... Oh, I've got a feeling it's yours. <laughs> All right. What I might do is I might restart. Uh, my computer will come back on and uh, continue on with the show. Um, this is live radio, folks, and uh, these things uh, sometimes happen. So I might uh, restart my computer and we'll come back uh, in a moment. All right, we're back. Um, you might um, you might get some dropouts uh, listening in the uh, chat room. Uh, Grape Viney and I connected via phone connection now, so we won't drop out between the two of us. We'll be able to record the show, and um, if we do drop out, you can listen to us on the um, on the replay. Uh, but bear with us. Uh, can anyone in the chat room? Um, let me know if you are hearing some dropouts uh, from us, uh, just so I know. Great Viney, welcome back to the Demonland podcast. Yeah, it, I didn't enjoy being uh, demoted uh, to the twos <laughs> and being left out of the interview. So I know what uh, Mitch was feeling having to go back to Casey. And I know what uh, Brendan McCartney's feeling having been demoted to the bench, according to... Uh, Tom Morris, who I see um, no longer has his position uh, is, at, uh, the, uh, at the club podcast. Is that confirmed? I know that uh, I think it was Katie Price um, filled in uh, last week, but uh, is that the same uh, case this week or has something been said officially by the club? 
No, no, no. I think it just happened quietly. Um, these things, uh, yeah, it's, um, but that's confirmed, yes. All right. Well, what we can do, um, we can get you to record um, your questions and I can uh, cut and paste them into the interview and then... Um, and then on the repeat, uh, people will hear the dulcet tones of Grapeviney asking a couple of questions. <laughs> yeah, like cutaways. Yes, um, we, we can do that. Uh, this day and age, uh, anything uh, is possible. Um, yeah, it was nice uh, hearing from, from Mitch. Um, he you know, seems to have a good head on his shoulders. Um, and I thought he played his best game uh, for the Ds. Um, uh, this week it was, uh, I think, his equal second highest possessions, uh, equaled his highest goals. I think he's kicked three a couple of times. Um, but yeah, it was a great effort uh, from from Mitch on the weekend. Yeah, well, it just adds that sort of versatility and flexibility. We haven't really seen life of the ball so much yet this year, but you know that's part of his game. But uh, uh, good to see him bringing the defensive and pressure work and getting among the goals and getting a bit more of the footy too. I think the knock-on end, if there has been one, is that um, he you know, needs to get involved in the game more. So um, he certainly did that on the weekend. Yeah, he did. Um, and we spoke to him, you know, about um, about that, the... the uh, the competition for spots in the forward line is, um, you know, we've got a lot of uh, strings to the bow and, um, you know, if a couple fall away with form, we've got guys in the twos. I mean, Jeffy, you know, he'd had a couple of uh, lean weeks, but I'm sure he'll be um, raring to get back into the team. So if any one of Spargo and Orhan and sort of, sort of drop off, uh, we do have um, Jeffy to come back and, uh, you know, possibly uh, buggy um, in the not-too-distant future. So, you know, it's good to have that competition for spots. Yeah, I think Bug is a fair way back. Uh, I don't think the arrival of Spargo necessarily means the end of Garlett. Um, but it does start to get a bit crowded in there if you've got Garlett, Spargo, uh, Hannon, uh, Fritch, uh, Melksham and, you know, potentially Petrarca. Uh, um all in there, so uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jeffy, by all reports, didn't have a great game on the weekend, um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, you presume he won't get recalled um, this week. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the in the future uh, with regards to him. Well, considering how all the small forwards did in the ones, uh, I don't think anyone's going to lose their spot. Um, you know, Spargo kicked two, Hannon kicked three, Fritch kicked three, um, Melksham, he kicked, did he kick two or one? I'm not no, sure. Three, I think. Three? Well, you know, and he was, uh, he was getting a lot of the ball and, um, yeah, so, yeah, that, those, those spots in the forward line, um, they're going to be hard to come by if, uh, these guys, uh, keep up that effort and, uh, with, uh, a few easier games and, oh, like, don't like to say it because no game I don't think <laughs> concerns the D's can be put down as a win. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's hope these guys uh, continue uh, that. And as Drunken One Six Seven said in the, uh, um, oh no, he might have been talking about T- Tim Smith. Tim he said, he reckons Tim Smith had a great game in the twos and said his tackling pressure was insane. But I thought our 
tackling in our forward line was pretty good too, uh, sort of bottling up in there. Um, we also saw the return of T-Mac to the team. Uh, I thought he was great, sort of all around the, the ground. Um, he brings a lot of versatility to the team. You know, we can throw him forward, throw him back. He, he sort of was playing all over the ground. Um, what did you think of uh, T-Mac? I thought starting him on a wing yeah, it was or strange. having him play off the wing was strange. Mm. Um, I don't know about that, but uh, look, he's a he's sort of a bit of a, a follower um, in that he's good all around the ground and provides that uh, marking option, uh, always good in the contest. Um, and look, he'll, I think he only he only played about 70% game time on the weekend, so um, he, it was a good good game from him considering that first game back and he'll only get better, you'd think, and we'll get back to, uh, uh, you know, what he was doing last year, which was, um, which was just great. So good return. Uh, we really missed him. Yeah, uh, we did miss him. Uh, I think... Um not having him and Viney for, you know, a good chunk of the season. Um, we we missed him. We really did. And uh, I'll be looking forward to uh, the other the other, other one, Viney, coming back in the next few weeks. And we'll talk, maybe talk about that a bit later on. Um, our defence, I thought, was uh, a lot better uh, this week. I think Hibbert's hitting his straps again, um, you know, off the halfback, some of his... Um, his his clearance of the ball out of halfback was great. I, I thought um, Jeddah did a fantastic job uh, on Tip and Woody. Um, and Jake Lever getting better every single week. Um, it, it's great. And again, once again, OMAC, hats off to him. Not putting a foot wrong this year. So how did you see our back line uh, functioning? In, there's one particular thread on Demon Land where a few posters uh, are trying to point out some sort of howler that they think uh, Oscar McDonald uh, made, which uh, is a big stretch because it's certainly not a howler. Um, but uh, you're right, and it's just a matter of time. It's a result of time, and uh, they've gelled together. Um, now they've had six rounds, um, and it's starting to uh, bear fruit. Um, and it's not surprising that we're seeing the individual players getting back to their best um, best form uh, as well as playing uh, really well together collectively, um, which they're starting to do now. I don't get why, uh, you know, people have such a, a, a bug up their bum about OMAC um uh, you can't expect a guy to not make any mistakes in a game and they're few and far between. So uh, I, I don't care if someone has a hat. It's, and ma- it's, not just, it's not just about mistakes. It's also it, sides kick goals. Yeah, exactly. You get beaten and sometimes it's not even your fault. It's something that happened up the ground um, that, you know, um, Makes your uh, makes your diffi- uh, makes your uh, uh, prospects of spoiling difficult, or um, stopping the goal. So uh, you know goals get kicked against you. It's a part of football, and not every one of them is a mistake, and not every one of them is a howler. 
Yeah, I, I think there are some fans uh, that expect not a goal to be kicked by the opposition whenever we play, and it's just it's going to happen. Um, you know, they've people not been watching footy for a hundred and however many years. It's going to happen. Um, I think he's been fantastic this year, and it's you know it's proven. You know, I, I think there were. A lot of people, uh, myself included, in the beginning were thinking, "Why are they persisting?" Or you know, with with Oscar, uh, that I didn't at the time. I didn't think he was ready. I would have liked to have seen him go through the twos a bit more. But you know, the coaches had faith, and it's paying off now. And I'm glad that I was wrong, and I'm glad that a lot of people out there were wrong because uh, he's now extremely important cog in uh, in the wheel. But that's the answer to your original question of why do people have such a bee in their bonnet about OMAC? Many people are wrong. And uh, some of them are having trouble eating their slice of humble pie, unfortunately. And that's why you have uh, these ridiculous assertions of him supposedly committing howlers on the weekend. Um, you know, Salem's kick in. That was a howler. Yep. Um, so. Don't devalue the language um, by abusing it that way. Um, uh, Drunken167 <laughs> says that OMAC has the most time on ground for any AFL player this mm. season, and uh, he says he thinks that speaks a lot for his necessity and skill as a key position defender. I couldn't agree more. Um, uh, Dealt Fart in the chat room says Hunty is still searching uh, for his mojo. Um, yeah, I think he did a few good things on the weekend, but uh, I think. I think we've got to persist with, with Hunt. He'll, he'll find that mojo again. Uh, yeah, I think it's almost back. I agree. Um, he's, he's starting to show a bit of a run again. Disposal letting him down. Yep. Uh, I think he just needs to get a bit more composure um, before he uses the ball. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think Hunt is, is an important part of the... Uh, an important part of the team. He gives us uh, run that not too many others do. Um, if you would like to join us on the show tonight, zero three nine zero one six three triple six. That's zero three nine zero one six three triple six. Or you can Skype us, Demonland thirty one. Love to take your calls and hear how you saw the game uh, last week. Um, also, you know, you know who's you know whose form did make me happy, and this is something we discussed last week with Nasher when he was on, and that's Angus Brayshaw. Uh, uh, back to the middle, in the centre of the ground, uh, back to clearing the footy. Um, uh, he, I thought he had a great game. He was crucial in that third quarter uh, when we got on top, and. Uh, uh, really exciting stuff from him, and I think that's where he belongs. Um, Salem seemed to do pretty well off half back, so the switch there from Angus at half back uh, into the middle and Salem going back, uh, I think, worked uh, for both players and the team on the weekend. Well, we did talk about that last week. We were talking about why isn't Angus, uh, uh, you know, in the middle, and um, I was rapt when I saw him lining up there, and he was there for most of the game, and uh, I, I agree with you. I think uh, he has to play most of his footy uh, there, and um, I'm glad that he's getting that opportunity. And I think, uh, well, Salem's out for the next couple of weeks, I think, uh, at least one week, um, if not more. Um, and he, 
you know, therefore Brayshaw will definitely uh, get more time in the middle. And, um, yeah, I'd love to see him play more time through there because uh, it seems like that's his natural position. Um, yeah, Big Man says that the whole team is still looking for its mojo. I think it partly got it back in the third quarter or in the second half against Essendon. I think the seven goals, uh, yeah, is proof of that and will assist in the getting back of the rest of the mojo. Well, well, we, um, we, we I think we're back on the right track. Well, we know that we can play footy like that, um, and that's the conundrum that we're in because we can't seem to play four quarters of that footy, and uh, this week proved that. Hopefully, that was the turning of the corner uh, that we needed. Uh, but the first half was atrocious, and uh, I mean, I thought Essendon should have been up by more, but that was also because I think they're playing just as bad as we are at the moment. Um, but I still think we should have been further, a little bit further behind at halftime and we were lucky to be sort of a goal in it. Um, but we've got to play four quarters of that. Um, you know, I still can't trust uh, the Ds at the moment. I know what they can do. I know they can have those seven goal quarters, but we've got to start putting that four quarters of that together. And when we do, then it's what look out. But until then, I, I, I can't rest easy at all. Um, who else? Uh, who else uh, caught your eye uh, this week? I, I was very happy with uh, Fritch. I, I I put a post on Facebook with the Demonland uh, uh, page that I think um, he has to sort of be, you know, form 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 permitted uh, part of our team. I think. Um, uh, do we know why he was left out? Was that arresting him or was he dropped at that time a couple of weeks ago? Because I think he's a important part of the the team. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I don't know whether it's just managing him, uh, you know, through his first year. Um, so, and, and, you know, given a short break um, over, the, over these coming weeks, so, um, or, or the week's just gone, so... Um, I agree, though. But he, he's, isn't it funny? There's all that talk of, um, you know, uh, Hogan in the middle um, and athletic types and 190-centimetre-plus midfielders, um, and yet here's a guy that doesn't look like that at all, and yet he's just got beautiful natural skills and talent. Um, his kicking of the footy is a delight to watch. Yep. Uh, just run through very smooth, fluent action, and it works. Surprise, surprise! Um, who would have thunk, hey? Yeah, he's also got a he's got a beautiful mark on him, which we knew. Um, and there was one you, you, you hit the nail on he's kicking superb. There was one time he was running in; he was outside fifty, and I thought he was at first. I thought he was having a shot at goal. Uh, it's the one that Max Gorn marked, uh, sort of in the mm. points area, and then kicked his first banana. I thought he was having goals, oh, but a bad kick. But I actually think he was uh, he was aiming for Max uh, on the goal line there. And um, Max Gorn, uh, didn't he have a great game? Uh, I think he got the uh, all 10 Coaches Awards votes. Um, just just getting better and better every week and uh, proving, you know, back to sort of all Australian form. 
Well, we saw, we finally saw, well, Goody called it the connection, I think, but we finally saw uh, hit-outs to advantage. Yeah. Um, and really you know, strong clearances from Jones and Brayshaw, I think, had 15 between them. So uh, that's what, you know, Max has been, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, getting the hit-outs but not getting the reward for effort and uh, they were able to do that on the weekend. Well, I think we had 16 to force uh, in centre clearances, um, which is just a fantastic uh, stat. And that's, you know, that comes down to Maxi, you know, knowing his, uh, his players really well. Um, I don't know if uh, the stoppages, uh, they won 24-22. I think that's where we've got to um, sort of improve our game a bit and get a few more, um, you know, I mean, we got the clearances out there, but we were uh, equal on the day. So I'd like to see us sort of smash teams on on those uh, around the ground clearances as well. Bit of banter in the chat room about the fact that it's good to see Essendon get burnt by Melksham and Hibbert, who were both in very good form on the weekend, and uh, it is because um, there's a particular loathing for Essendon, uh, which was only increased because of the whole drug saga. And uh, <clears throat> Nash is right that uh, it's great to see Milksham in particular, Brendan, because they said they always rated Hibbert and they didn't want to lose Hibbert. But yeah. Milksham was very much a whipping boy uh, for them. Um, and I'm sure many of them would have been happy to see him discarded. Um, and they're not too happy to see him succeeding at Melbourne, which he's certainly doing. Well, I had some Essendon supporters around me on the weekend and they were filthy at those two. Uh, every time they went near the ball, uh, they got sprays from these opposition supporters. But uh, I was quite happy when sort of not even midway through the last quarter, these guys made a quiet exit uh, out of the ground. So, yeah. Well, how, how's this? I was sitting up on the top deck just on the wing. I went on my own. And I always try to sit next to Melbourne supporters so that, you know, I won't get annoyed by opposition supporters. <laughs> yeah. So I sat next to a Melbourne supporter. You know what he did? He clapped Essendon goals. What? Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of that bizarre. before. <laughs> Not all of them, but some of them. Like the ones which he must have thought were sort of good goals um, or whether it's players he liked, but it was just, I couldn't believe it. Um who does that? Yeah, I certainly don't. Uh, <laughs> the only time, only clapping sound you hear is my hand thumping my uh, my leg or the seat in front of me or beside me. Um, yeah, uh, okay. I was going to call that mo- I was going to call that mobile number where you report the antisocial behaviour <laughs> and just say this guy's lost the plot. Yeah, um, you got a Melbourne cap and a Melbourne scarf and clapping Essendon goals. Maybe he was a little bit colourblind. Although we did have the uh, royal blue. Um, <laughs> Guernsey's on this week, so yeah, I don't know. Um, that's a strange one. I, I I must admit, when I see a great mark, you know, sort of a specky from our opposition, I, I sort of oh, well done, but I, I didn't really clap it. But uh, yep, as Destroy All in the chat room says, what a good sport. I hate him. <laughs> yeah, well, I hated him within minutes of sitting down. Um, anyway. We push on. He should, you should report him to the club and have his membership uh, stripped. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we, we talked, Maxi. Uh, anyone else uh, that you give a nod to uh, this week? Well, did we, we, well Spargo obviously yeah. had a great debut and a bit like 
uh, well, I think as he said in the interview with Mitch, um, he just seemed to set to settle right in and look like he'd been there forever and a day. Yeah. So uh, very promising signs on uh, on debut. Yep, that's what you know. That's what you want to see. Um, I think he he had quite a bit of the ball as well. He had uh, Spargo had eighteen uh, possessions as well. He had. And it's interesting because he had f- uh, f- only four kicks but fourteen handballs. And I saw a few times he'd take a mark sort of up the field, and you know, uh, like Vince would be sort of nearby and call for the handball, and you know, being the new guy in the team <laughs> rather than take the kick or whatever, give a handball off. So I saw a little bit of that. Um, but that's fair enough. When you're the junior junior member of the team, you're going to sort of uh, defer to no, your look, senior players. Some of his handballs were really good. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't saying um, they weren't. Unlike, but... unlike many of his teammates, they were perfectly positioned that the player didn't have to break stride um, to get them, and also didn't run into a wall of opposition players. So yeah. uh, it seems to just have footy smarts about him. So uh, definitely one to watch. Um, George on the ad has asked about Nev Jetta. We did mention Nev, definitely played his best game for the year. Yeah, so, yeah we did. Uh, uh, he was back to uh, back to his very best. Yeah. Super Nev. Um, I'm just wondering whether, are you guys in the chat room, uh, are you still getting any dropouts from us? I'm just, uh, just uh, uh, curious, just for my own... Um, own, uh, own um, your knowledge. I just want to know what's happening. Um, yeah, we did mention Neville. Uh, I said, you know, when we were talking about our backline, I, I really thought they started to gel and um, played well together. Now, Sam Wiedemann, um, he, I think he, look, he only had the nine possessions, uh, but and three marks. But I, I think he's he's starting to get there. I, I think we've got to persist with him, particularly over the next three weeks against. Well, what's supposed to be weaker opposition I'd like to keep him in the team uh, for another couple of weeks what 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 are your thoughts on Sam <clears throat> he was uh, he had a much better second half than first half yeah um, he didn't see a lot of uh, didn't see a lot of it in the first half but no. um, he did compete and uh, bring the ball to ground which is you know um, uh, which is one of his roles a couple of nice marks, um, I think, in the, was it the third quarter or the last quarter. So, yeah. um, look, some people are still calling for Peterson to be drawn in. That's not going to happen. Um, if Wiedemann goes, it'll be for a smaller um, setup, and he won't be replaced by Wiedemann. Uh, he won't be replaced by Peterson. But uh, I suspect we're going to he'll stay in the team um, yeah. this week and quite. Quite probably beyond. Yeah, I, I think they're gonna, they might. Um, they might be going down the Oscar McDonald route for Wiedemann um, and just playing him. I like Peterson, I really do. Um, but you got to. I think the coaches are looking towards the future and beyond 2018 as well. Um, I mean, you got to sort of play for the games that you've got. But I think they sort of want to get the game time into him. And I think we'll definitely see him for the next couple of weeks. Um, look, form will dictate. They can't keep him in there if he's gone, not going to be touching the ball. Uh, but, 
yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'll have a keen eye on watching him the next few weeks and I would like to see him take a lot more marks, feature on the scoreboard as well, uh, as long as he's making a contest and taking away a, a, a decent defender away from, uh, you know, um, Jesse and perhaps uh, Tom McDonald, then that's a, a good thing too. Um, there were a couple of players I was very disappointed in uh, this week and uh, sort of, you know, I don't know. I think there's the patience is running a bit thin on on them, and um, uh, for me, that's the three players who, who I'll target this week: uh, Neil Bullen, um, Dom Tyson, and James Harms. I think Harms he had a, in patches. He was he was better than he has been last week. He had twenty three possessions, uh, so maybe I'll, I'll take the blowtorch off him a little. But Neil Bullen with only uh, eight disposals uh, is pretty poor. Yeah, not in a not in good form at the minute, Neil Bullen. Um, yeah, I'm a little disappointed just because he had a ripper preseason. He was, you know, one of the training the house down. Um, but yeah, well, I have been a little disappointed, a bit underwhelmed uh, by him because uh, I, even while I was watching some of the highlights uh, of, of Mitch Hannon when I was pulling some audio for him. Uh, Neil Bullen featured in a lot of those things and he was getting the ball in the forward line, he was kicking goals as well. Uh, not seeing sort of that uh, of him, not seeing the forward pressure and, um, uh, yeah, um, really needs to lift his game a little bit. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, you know, he, um, I think his sort of disposals and decision-making and composure... Uh, at its best is sort of, you know, average. Um, and then, you know, I think, you know, as we talked about before, you get guys like sort of Spargo and Fritch who are just at a different level with their skills and decision-making. So um, no doubt he works hard, uh, but is that sort of enough going forward? Yeah, I'm I'm just a bit disappointed because he I thought he had a great year last year and he was showing a lot and then you know then the preseason came and uh, you know he was uh, you know, training the house down and you know he was the fittest guy in the team but want to see a bit more output uh, from him and um, you know we've got uh, Viney coming back in the next few weeks um, so mm, watch this space um, yeah. All right. Um, I think we've uh, pretty much covered um, most of the all all the players. Uh, pretty much, Jonesy had a great game. Uh, I thought as yep. well um, in the middle. Um, you know, people might say, "Oh, I didn't talk about Jonesy," but Jonesy does what Jonesy does um, and does it well. Um, casting your eye onto the injury list have you noticed that our injury list is um, steadily growing at the moment or is it just me being paranoid well I noticed that in the chat room there's talk about Fritch potentially being out oh no you're killing me because of soreness (laughs) who's brought that one up (laughs) no we don't Nasha says it's uh, on the AFL app I think on the AFL I can't app. Find any other reference to it? All right, let's let's hope the AFL Close. app. Let's hope the yeah. AFL app has no idea what they're talking about, like they do um, most times. Uh, D <laughs> old fart is saying that some people are suggesting uh, a- a- Alex Neil Bullen as a tagging role. Well, I'm you know I'm up for anything. Um, 
But yeah, our injury list uh, is sort of growing. Um, you know, we've got Balik out still for two to three weeks, which is a real shame because I would like to, I'd like to see him play a bit more. Now, I believe he had a, a hamstring initially, but I see it's being listed as a plantar fascia. Were you aware of that? So that's no good. You don't really want those type of injuries. Um, how serious is Jesse Hogan's uh, knee slash ankle? We know that he got a knee knock, but the, there was the issue with an ankle as well. So I'm not sure whether it is the knee or the ankle or both. Uh, well, he did finish out on the ground, or he certainly came back after going off for a while. I saw a picture of him on Instagram today, and he had his ankle bandaged up, but he was very lightly bandaged. Uh, I think it said test, so um, yeah, we'll have to see how he pulls up. They wouldn't risk him if there's any chance uh, of it getting worse, but he got the knee knock in the Richmond game, so they were happy for him to play on the weekend. Mm. So Kent's still out hamstring. He's got four to five weeks. Um, uh, Mitch King, elbow, five to six weeks. Corey Maynard, a new injury on the injury list, uh, eight, six to eight weeks. Now, that's really got to be a setback to, to his career because, like, this year was, you know, sort of a, a year for him to sort of get into, the, into that uh, midfield and, you know, form has kept him out of the team and now an injury uh, that doesn't bode well for him, probably won't see him till the latter half of the year. Um, and then he's got to sort of work his way back into the team. So not great for him. Um, now, the, the Petraka one's an interesting one. Um, you know, didn't realise how serious it was. Uh, read during the week, oh, I saw an interview with him that amputation was on the table. Um very extreme. <laughs> I don't know whether, you know, it was a real option. It is a, it's one of the possibilities, one of the outcomes that can happen if it's un, left untreated uh, and the infection sort of takes hold and it's not too difficult for that to happen. But, uh, uh, yeah, the journal's obviously gone for the sensational bit of the story because um, I saw that headline today, um, and I doubt he was close to amputation stage, but uh, apparently they've had to do more surgery on it, so that's no good, and we might not see him this week. Uh, I don't think we'll see him at all. There's, there's, I don't think there's a chance we'll see him this week. Um, but, yeah, that's quite serious. So he got bitten, uh, and I didn't realise that until a few days ago, that he actually was bitten prior to the Richmond game, you know, then just sort of, he said, yes. I, th I think he said he just spoke to his doctor um, and they just, he just taped it up and played on. Then after the game, it was, you know, a bit pussy and, and disgusting and sort of then was told go straight into the emergency room and then was booked in for surgery the next day. Um, yeah, I didn't realise it was when he, that when serious. When he says his doctor, is he talking about his family doctor or is he talking about the club doctor? Well, I, I, I'm not sure. I know, having known a club doctor in the past, I know that uh, the players are calling them at all hours of day and night for everything. You want to take a, a tablet for a headache, you call the club doctor. Yes. So I'm assuming it's the club doctor doctor but i don't know maybe he's got a good relationship with his general his gp no i've um, just wondered whether players don't bother with their family doctor while they're at the club because they've got you know um 
they've got all that medical staff on staff. Well, you yeah. would think, you know, from a, um, it would probably go through that because they'd have, you know, for the, you know, you don't have to go and pay for the. Not saying that he can't go visit his GP and pay for it, but you know, it's all um, probably through Medicare. I don't know how it all works with the club, but they'd probably go through the club. Um, you would think, mm. but. You would think with a dog bite, they would have probably uh, called him in to have a look at it. So I'm not sure what's uh, what's actually transpired there, but um, it is what it is, and uh, I, I doubt he's going to play uh, this week, considering that he hasn't. You know, he was in hospital bed up until a day or so ago, um, and Bin Man has said no, not more surgery. Fake news. He had the initial surgery. Is that my iPhone going off or yours? Is <laughs> doing Siri? Not mine. Oh. All right. It's bloody Siri. Um, uh, yeah, so um, stays in hospital to ensure <laughs> the wound Steve's is good. Story, all said earlier in the night, it's one of those Russian bots that's got into the system. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and is uh, um, planting fake news. So, um, yes. Yeah. Um, and then f- to find out that Salem, uh, you know, broke his uh, thumb was uh, also news. Did you know that at the, at, on the day that he'd uh, broken his th- no. thumb? No. So he's had surgery. Um, you would expect that's at least uh, two weeks, if not more. Yeah. They said one, didn't they? Yeah, but it's it's surgery on a thumb. Uh, you know, you would think you'd have to have it in some type of brace. Are they allowed to play with their hand, you know, in one of those brace things, those plastic brace things? I don't think so. Yeah, players have done that before. They do? I they think. can? Okay. So they're allowed to play in those. All right. Well, maybe it is one week, but, um, you know, this list uh, is getting longer and longer. Vand, as we know, is out for a while. And uh, then we've got uh, Jack Viney, who's raring to go. Um what do you think they're going to do with him? He's saying he wants to play next week uh, against Gold Coast. Do you think they will play him in the twos before then? Uh, well, not even before. They, I don't think he'll play this week. Do you think that he'll, they'll play him in the twos uh, in round eight? I would have thought so. Or go straight into the ones. Um, uh, look, he's done some running, hasn't he? Um, I've spent quite a few weeks with me a few weeks off legs most recently. So, yeah, I would have thought he'll come back through Casey. I would play him in a wheelchair. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, but that's just me. Um, uh, George on the outer is saying, it's not just us, Adelaide, Collingwood, Geelong, Gold Coast, GWS, all announced players injured who played last week. Um, yeah. Um all right. I feel for Salem because he just can't. Uh, he just can't get a, a long stretch of consecutive games together. Um, if it, it's not this, it's that. So he'd be really frustrated. Uh, Destroy all says we rushed Viney back last time. We won't do it this time. But I, I don't know. I think he's. I don't think it's a matter of rushing him back. I think he's. Um, he's pretty much ready to go. Uh, it's just a matter of. Um, whether they want to get some time in the twos um, before before he comes back or not, just to get some match fitness up, I, I don't think it. You wouldn't think he's still under an injury cloud. 
Um, it's more of a fitness and being able to run out a match type thing, you would think. That's in my unprofessional opinion. Um, so, a- a- any news from the Casey the Casey match? Maybe we need a drunken one six seven to uh, to let us know what happened to Casey. But from all reports of stuff that I read, it was qu- quite underwhelming. Um, and I'm talking about in terms of the the players who who would likely. Uh, to be pushing for selection, uh, is there anyone in the yeah, twos that think, would be? Well, I think as I think as uh, Drunken said, um, Tim Smith was probably the best of the bad bunch for the most part. And um, unfortunately for Tim, it doesn't look like there's spots in the forward line available. So it's not like we had anyone who you know had a shocker. And unless uh, Jesse doesn't pull up. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Drunken, if you are listening, give us a call in. He just sent me a message on Skype, so please do uh, call in if you want to give us your Casey report. Uh, we'd love love to hear it. So, um, yeah, give us a, give us a call. Uh, you've got the Skype uh, number. Um, give us a call. Let us know who played well in the Magoos and if anyone is uh, pushing in. And we do have Drunken on the phone now. Uh Good evening, Drunken167. How are you going, mate? Evening, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really well, thank you. Um, you are ready to give us a report of uh, of the twos? Yeah, so uh, it was it was an interesting game. Casey obviously haven't been beaten at home for a long time, but Geelong managed to absolutely just run rings around them. Um, they, were, they were just all over for the first three and a half quarters. They were just had more numbers around the ball, were better at pressuring, had better key position players, had a, like some good AFL list of players, Wiley Buzzer, Zach Smith, Cremary uh, was playing, he kicked a couple of goals. So it was a tough game for the KC boys. But as you said, like a, there wasn't a lot of guys putting their hands up, but I can't understate how good of a game Tim Smith had. Some of the, the hits and some of the bumps and some of the tackles he made were as good as I've ever seen. So I would not be surprised, especially since he's been on, I'm pretty sure he's been emergency listed for the last few weeks. Would not be surprised if he gets a game this week. Yeah, the only way I, uh, reason I could see him getting a game would be, as, as I said before, if uh, Jesse doesn't pull up well. But other than that, I don't think anyone's going to get dropped to make way for him. So unless they think they need... Um, another you know, sort of bigger forward there. I, I, I can't see him getting a game despite uh, the report about he, about him that you've just given us. Yeah, look, because obviously we're going to have a couple of sore boys coming off the small break. Yep. Um, with like obviously Hogan tracks still under a cloud. Um, so the, the, if there is room for him, I definitely expect him to come in if they if they need him to. And uh, Jeffy Garlett, how how did he go, or did he? Uh... Not not feature at all. Well, so he started really strong. His first quarter, I'm pretty, he started... He played a lot of the game on the ball. Um, had a few good clearances. And it was really sort of strong. But I didn't really... After sort of the first quarter and a half, I didn't really notice him that much. Probably because Geelong was sort of just all over it. Um, but looking at his stats, he had... I think it was 18 or 19 touches. He had quite a few tackles. But I think that's just more because Geelong had the ball that much, the, the tackle numbers were a bit high. Um, 
So, like, he had a couple of times he went in the forward line and was able to get a few, like, little kicks around the corner to hit someone up or do a little hand, couple of handballs. But it definitely wasn't his best game. So, um, yeah, I don't think he'd be coming for contention this week. Is it strange, and Great Viney, I might ask you, is it strange that they played um, him on the ball? Uh, is that just to get uh, him into the action, to get, um, you know, get some kilometres in his legs or something like that, you know, considering he's not going to play on the ball uh, in the ones. Is that strange to you? Who, who are we talking about? Uh, Je- Jeffy, no, Jeffy Garlett. Oh, uh, no, he's had very... Um, he's had the occasional stint on the ball in the ones. Yeah, but he's well, not... Maybe, got, he's maybe, not... Maybe it's just the running off the back. No, look, he's not going to do it uh, in the ones. I would have thought it's just to get him... Yeah, to get him try and get him uh, get his hands on the footy a bit basically yeah um, and get his confidence up yeah obviously that's a, a directive from the uh, senior coaching staff um, they're obviously going to dictate uh, where they want him playing so yep there's a, a rhyme to the reason so yeah anyone else um, that's uh, well who are the who are the senior players that were playing considering we've got injuries uh, Tommy bug how was he Um. Yeah, he he was very quiet. He was had, it's similar to Jeffy had a, quite a number of tackles, but otherwise you sort of rarely noticed. Um, JKH had I don't want to sort of dig into the bloke, but he had a pretty terrible game. He only had twelve touches, I think. Um, barely barely did anything for it. Um, but Billy Stretch was was good. But he just every time he had the ball, he didn't really do anything well with it. I think you've seen that when he plays senior, he's yeah. sort of struggled a bit with his disposal. Um, Oscar Baker, he has had a good start, a very good start of the season. He, he, little things that he does and little runs and little um, pressure things that he does is very... Where where are they playing him? So he sort of, he sort of rotates between half-back wing and half-forward. Yep. Um, it's sort of that, that running, because he's got a, a good, I think he's got a good amount of endurance on him. Um, they sort of pushed him forward, because they were sort of struggling for forward targets, and I think he kicked two goals within about five minutes. Um, but no, he's been impressive. I just saw someone in the chat rooms ask about Dion Johnston. Yep. Um, I really liked Dion, and I still like Dion, but he's had a pretty poor start the season. Um, I don't know if he's... Had some injuries and maybe come off a, a poor preseason, but uh, he he hasn't been as good as I thought he was going to be. Yeah, it seems like uh, he's a long way away from getting a game, if if at if at all. So um, yeah, I I was hoping he'd uh, have played already by now, but um, as the years go on, um, yeah, if he's uh, not getting a game in the ones, uh, yeah, I don't know. You um, definitely have to have a, a good end of the season, this season to sort of keep going, get another contract. How did your uh, how your brother go? Yeah, so Dex struggling for form at the moment. He um because he had a strong preseason, but then he copped a couple of late injuries. So he, first VFL preseason game, third quarter, he was running back with a flight, copped a knee in the ribs and cracked his rib. That put him out for Ooh. a few weeks, and then. The Tuesday before the round one, the VFL, he rolled his ankle at training. 
and that was still giving him a bit of grief up until last week. Um, so he's just, he's like last week was against Geelong. He was not too bad. I think he only kept. He was on Cramery a lot, and I don't think Cramery kicked a goal, or either they kicked one goal. Um, and he did a few nice, nice spoils and stuff. He's just sort of, yeah, struggling a bit for form at the moment. So hopefully, once he gets over these little injury niggles over the next couple of weeks, he can start sort of getting back to his best footy. And I guess the other, the other two that I'm interested in because uh, there's a possibility we sail them out that uh, they might get a look in uh, Joel Smith and uh, Josh Wagner yeah so Wagner was the held over emergency for the weekend so he didn't play um, but he's he's been playing pretty well in the seniors I think like he helps a fair bit of criticism especially on David Lands yeah. but I think he he could he could slot back into the team quite easily and um, yeah Joel Smith because he played pretty well. Um, he sort of didn't have that aerial presence, which he's sort of renowned for on the weekend. But no, he's not doing too bad. I think because he he was coming off a couple of injuries as well. I think so. It might take him a couple of weeks just to get back to his best. All right. Well, um, thank you for uh, that report. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to have someone who's who goes to Casey <laughs> and can give us that insight uh, into that. But uh, I'm not all uh, that confident uh, about uh, about anyone uh, coming in um, at the moment. Uh, I will I will say, look, football was a very very reactive sport, and because it wasn't Casey's best game. You can sort of look at a lot of negatives. Where yeah. if we won, I wouldn't have been anywhere near as negative on most of the players. I would have thought, that, and that happens with every game and every team. So, but as you said, like because we, we do have a few injuries at the moment, it just we'll see what happens. Yes, uh, we will. Um, Grapeviney, any questions uh, for our uh, Casey correspondent? No, I think he's uh, I think he's covered it pretty comprehensively. Yeah, I think we I think we need to get you on every week <laughs> to give us uh, <laughs> that. I, I don't get to see many uh, many Casey games, so uh, yeah, it's great to, great that uh, you're out there and supporting the boys and your brother. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. Uh, thanks, guys. Well, one last thing before yeah, go I go. For it. Um, just with Bailey Fritch, like a lot of people knew that he had skill, but when I first started talking him up on Demon Land, I copped a little bit of criticism, <laughs> saying I didn't really know what I was talking about. <laughs> And I just want to basically say I told you so. He is an absolute gun. Stick it right up, and that's what we did. We stuck it right up. (laughs) Well, you heard it first. Uh, Drunken167, he did call it uh, very early. And, um, yes, um, you know, I'm I'm wrapped with with Bailey as a player. And um, I think, well, I've been saying it all this preseason. He needs to be in the team. Uh, until his form drops off, he's got to be one, you know, up there with one of the first ones picked because uh, I really like the, like the kid and uh, he's doing everything right at the moment. Yeah, he's he's great. He's a, he's a great bloke and he's just super skillful and I'm glad he's doing well. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate. Not a problem. We'll uh, speak to you next week. All right. See you, mate. Cheers. All right, there's our uh, there's our Casey correspondent, Drunken One Six Seven. Uh, you know, it's great great to have uh, someone who's actually watching the game rather than uh, rather than me just uh, peruse the thread whilst we're doing the show and just parroting basically what he's been saying. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, oh, well, I didn't get to ask him that question, but maybe um, Drunken in the uh, chat room can ask, uh, can answer this question. What are the chances of Baker debuting this year? So, um, Drunken, if you want to answer that in the uh, chat room, you can. Uh, changes, uh, Grapeviney, for this week against uh, against St Kilda. Um, I, we'll just talk about the game against St Kilda. I'm a little bit worried. Um, I don't like it when um, our opposition are getting absolutely caned in the media in the week prior to us playing them. And certainly St Kilda have been copying it, um, copying it from all angles, uh, getting a lot of criticism for their kicking, uh, their skills, uh, their supposed A-grade players not uh, not kicking on. It worries me. I'm assuming it doesn't worry you as much. I'm more negative than you are. Um, uh, no, well, it, it, it happened to Essendon in the week leading up. Um, they copped it after the Collingwood game. Yeah, but we, co- we copped it too, so one of us had to respond. <laughs> uh, St Kilda are really ordinary, and we should be uh, comprehensively accounting for them um, on the weekend, and I think we will. Yeah, um, Drunken did reply to that. He said that... Uh, uh, it, that, uh, referring to Oscar Baker, if he keeps getting better each week, it's pretty likely that he will debut this year. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the ginger ninja uh, gracing the field for the Ds. Um, so, with that, changes this week. Um, well, people were saying Petraka in and A and B out, but uh, that's not going to happen. I don't think Petraka's going to come in this week. Uh, what changes are made this week? It sounds like no one from the uh, Magoos is going to come in unless Jesse is out, then you might see Tim Smith coming in. Um, can you see any... Well, obviously, a change needs to be made for um, for Salem, so who's likely to come in for him? Uh, yeah, not sure on that. Wagner, um, Wagner probably... Um, Joel Smith yep. was name was Joel Smith named last week in the extended bench initially. Yes, yes. And was Wagner as well? Uh, not sure about yeah. Wags. Well, it's one of those yeah. two you would think would replace him. Um, that's my that's my thinking. Um, just out of necessity. Um, I don't think anyone else can go out. Petraka, I, I'm calling it now. I don't think he'll play. Um, if he does play, uh, as uh, Bin Man in the chat room has said, he reckons Track will play. If he does play, uh, who comes out? Some saying Tyson, some saying Neil Bullen. Mm, oh yeah, Neil Bullen for mine. Yeah, Clint Biscuit saying Petraka no chance. So uh, <laughs> some of us are going to be right, some of us are going to be wrong. I don't think he'll personally will play. Uh, but then coming in next week, you would it, it could be two begins um, uh, with uh, Viney possibly back. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, I'm I can't wait for Viney to be back. Um, miss miss the guy, and I think our our uh, engine room. Misses him too. Um, so we've got a three 
big weeks of footy ahead of us. Um, three very winnable games, and as I said before, that worries me. But it really, if we can get three wins out of the next three weeks, it sets up the season for us, and perhaps we can try and get claw back a bit of percentage um, that, you know, we're severely lacking at the moment and we all know about percentage because uh, every goal, every point is going to count and did count last year. Um, so, no, David Meats is not my dad, but the poster, David Meats is my dad, has suggested Meats should come in. Do you reckon it really is David Meets' son? Does he have even have a uh, well? It could be a daughter, I suppose, a son or a daughter. And uh, is that you? I, I um, would I would say uh, it's fairly unlikely that David Meets is my dad. The poster, not uh, David Meets being my dad. Uh, I would say it's very unlikely that he uh, is the son of David Meets or the or the daughter. Um, but I'd take Nita. I saw he sat near me or sat near us um, in the a Richmond game ago. a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and I'd still play him out there, big guy. Yep, yep, looks to still be in pretty good nick. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, three next three weeks, m- massive for us, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't buy into that talk that it's any more massive than the three weeks that will follow after that. I expect we're going to win the next three weeks, and it doesn't take the pressure off the week after. No, 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 but it, it yeah. no, but it, uh, and not even that it takes the pressure off the year. It's got, it, it, it uh, we need, I'm more saying we need to win those three games because we've got a tough, tough run home uh, and that's getting a very ahead of ourselves. But our last three games of the year are going to be bloody tough games of the year. And if, But then if we're pushing for finals, uh, those three teams will play. I think we play Swans, West Coast and GWS in the last three weeks. And uh, well, I guess yeah. if you're, um, I guess if you want to make finals, they're the teams you're going to play. So... Um, yeah, and that's not going to come. It's not going to boil down to whether we beat Carlton in round seven or eight or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I, I don't buy into this notion that we have to be a certain number before we go into the home stretch mm. because you've got to be able to beat the better teams if you're uh, going to be right up there. So, um, and they're the uh, they're the real games that test you, not uh, uh, you know, not knocking off St Kilda and Carlton. That should be done. Um, that should be done as a matter of course. Uh, yes, you're right. Uh, if anyone wants to give us a call before we uh, start wrapping things up, zero three nine zero one six three triple six, or you can Skype us on Demonland thirty one. Um, yeah, uh, Unleash Hell in the chat room says the Saints took it up to the Hawks and GWS. Uh, the comps close, don't write it as a win just yet. And yeah, I people are, that's why I don't get why um, you know people are saying the Saints are so terrible because I've, I've watched them play a few games this year, and most of the time that I've spent watching them, they've been terrible. All right. Um, so yeah. I agree with Unleash Hell, the comp is close. And as we've seen, any team, or most teams, can beat most other teams on any given day. Um, 
that uh, they've played some pretty ordinary footy this year. Hmm. Agreed. All right. I'll, I'll have to agree with that because I haven't seen uh, them play enough footy to make a, a, a decision on that. Um, just before we go, um, you know, we often complain, or I certainly do, about the uh, about the umpires. Um, a uh, stat came out during the week of the uh, free kick differential uh, for 2017 and 2018, and uh, we just missed out on making the finals of that one. We've we've been ninth spot with a, a negative four differential. Um, so, so basically, middle of the competition. And we've almost had identical number of frees uh, for and against. Yeah, look in isolation. I don't think uh, that those stats really matter because different things affect where the free kicks are given. A big bugbear of mine is the free kicks not given, <laughs> and that's where I think we cop it uh, the most. But I think even you know the Western Bulldogs who were plus ninety two in their favour of free kicks are four would probably think they get a horrid run uh, from the ump. So, yeah. I watched the Richmond game on replay, the Richmond-Collingwood game on replay, uh, when I got home from our match. Uh, Richmond flow the ball, and they need to get called out on that. All these bloody hand passes over the head, that needs to just be a throw. Yeah, I I was going to say that when we played, Cochin a few times when we played them, just did those handballs over the head. all game. When we were growing up, they actually made a point at one stage that that was a throw. I, re- I re- remember that. So yep. what happened to that? Did that is that just the interpretation? Yeah. <laughs> what's what's that? The, the, that's my when we talk about free kicks and umpire. That part of our game, this that one week they will just focus on one thing, and we saw in round one and two they were doing that whole um, fifty meter penalty when someone you know inadvertently sort of went ran near the guy with the ball. But, you know, now they've sort of forgotten about that. I actually think we got a free kick for that the other day, but it's it's been forgotten. And I don't like these one-week free kicks of a free kick one week and then the next week they've forgotten. Uh, it's a real blight on it. That's a blight. There's been a lot of talk this week that the whole congestion and everything is ruining the game and, and all that. But I think the interpretation of uh, the rules differing from one week to the next is a bigger blight on our game than uh, anything else at the moment. Yep. All right. Um, well, is there anything else from uh, from you, Grapeviney? Anything from the uh, website this week that's caught your fancy? Anything you want to get off your chest? Uh, no. No, I've, uh, I've said my piece. <laughs> You've said your piece. All right. Um, well, uh Hopefully we didn't have any more dropouts uh, and it was just a an anomaly. Um, it's a bit frustrating when you don't know exactly what it is that's causing it, but uh, these things happen with technology. Um, we'll be back uh, next week with another uh, fantastic episode of uh, the Demonland podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to uh, Mitch Hannon and the Melbourne Football Club for coming on to the uh, podcast this week. Thank you, Grape Viney, for joining us again. And thank you to Drunken167 for giving us his uh, Casey report. Um, go days. Go days. <laughs>